Listener Production. Hello and welcome to Willow Talk for another week. Adam Peacock alongside Brad Haddon in the studio. Hads, how are things, mate? Oh, very enjoyable. Had a busy weekend. A lot of mm. birthdays in uh, the Haddon house over the weekend. So oh, good. Yeah, they, they were celebrated. Had kids' sports. So once again, I, I was a taxi. But mm. enjoyable weekend and enjoyable watching the cricket, actually. It's starting to heat up the World Cup. Australia ready for the final. We just got to decide who's going to place in the final. <laughs> you are so biased. Later in this, we're going to actually have a look at our team of the tournament. And I'm looking forward to hearing your the five Australians that have made your team of the tournament and the six Indians as well. And no one else plays world cricket, so looking forward to it, Hads. I didn't know there was any other teams there. <laughs> I, I thought we'd just having a bit of a round robin, a, a, a bit of a hit and giggle to Australia and India playing the final. You're going to blow up at mine. <laughs> Too many Kiwis in mine for your liking. I'll look at the I will walk out. <laughs> if there's any more than two, I'm out. Hey, just before we get going, you're going to the gym a lot, aren't you? You're trying to oh. uh, like put middle-age to one side. For 90 minutes a, a week or whatever like that, I found out on the weekend that middle age is hit and hit hard because <laughs> I was playing golf and this little 15-year-old, he wasn't so little, he's about six foot, this 15-year-old kid <laughs> goes up to our group uh, where our, two of the blokes in our group had hit their balls and gone and nicked them in cold daylight. So he's nicked them and then started to run off and I've gone, oi. So I've run off after him. <laughs> And I'm coming from one side. It's like the streaker. Yeah, you, you, yeah. And I'm, yeah. in my head, I'm going, oh, this is Andy the opportunity. Yeah, yeah, this is the Jarbo moment. Here we go. This, the kid, this kid's Jarbo. Couldn't catch him. <laughs> Couldn't catch him. And in the end, he had two, three strokes on me, uh, strides on me. So I'd, I had my golf ball in my hand. So I just pegged it at him. Did you get him? Yeah, hit him in the ass. He went, oh, it's only golf balls. <laughs> <laughs> Little Mate, bastard. You know what? I, I had a similar one and realized what when you get at middle age, when you're playing touch football. Uh, and the young kids run at you mm. and laugh because you can't get back quick enough and the ref keeps blowing a penalty. I think they ruin the game. They've only got to take a step to the left or right and get around you. Yeah. But they get great humour <laughs> and embarrassing the older guy out in the field. Oh, well, so now we're confined to just sitting here and talking about what everyone should be doing on a sport, <laughs> sporting field. And that's what we're going to do uh, in this episode of Willow Talk. We're going to have a look at everything World Cup. Australia's next match against the Dutch. Review the last one against Pakistan, our team at the tournament, as mentioned. Uh, we've got our risers and fallers, and there's a bit out of the WBBL as well. And we've got a special edition. We've asked for these questions on social media. Ask Hads. There's some beauties in there. I feel like once again... I never see you bounce into the office. You're always one minute before time. You're here yeah. an hour early today yeah. to take the piss uh, out no, of me. No, 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 because I was on the double dip because no. I'm doing the rugby league one as well. But no, no, it's not. Have producer you got your mates Sam, to write in yet? No, producer Sam has curated all these questions and, and left out the ones with profanity in them and we're going to have a find that hard good to Q&A with Hads a bit later on. And don't forget, as mentioned, we're going to recap every Aussie game of the World Cup, including uh, the Netherlands game on Thursday morning. So that will be our next episode. So be sure to subscribe to Willow Talk and tell your mates uh, it's in any podcast app and it's out everywhere and you don't have to miss an episode. Let's get into it. Up the top of the order, Australia World Cup. How are we going, Hads? A, a wider view. I think we're building. Um, tournament plays about making sure you peak at the right time, and, and I'm seeing some signs at the moment um, that we are starting to, to improve. Yes, you had David and Marsh who were outstanding at the top of the order. Uh, they bullied the game. You've got to take advantage of those 
first 10 to 15 overs. But what they did is once they got through those, they got big hundreds and then took the game totally away. But we're still a bit of a problem in our middle order. And that's why Josh Inglis, is, I think, has come in. They're hoping he can stiffen that middle order up a, a little bit. There's still a problem there. We, we need to find wickets also with the new ball. You've got Stark up front, Josh Hazelwood. I, I wouldn't actually mind seeing that the captain have a go with the new ball uh, mm-hmm. to see how he goes, give Hazelwood a go in the middle. Um, or maybe after a couple of overs for Mitchell Stark, swap with him and and give Paddy a go with the new ball. But we're, we're building nicely into the tournament. We've got Travis Head, who's just gone back into the nets. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not sure if he's available for selection for the next game. It's been five weeks since the impact um, of the broken finger. So he'll be a big in come the back end of the tournament. So we're, we're building nicely. There's things to work on, but tournament plays about peaking at the right time and we're in the top four. More on that in a moment. But uh, George Bailey, chairman of selectors, says that he will return to the top of the order, Travis Head. So lock it in. No second guessing himself. He's going to come back when the time is right, which means probably Mitch Marsh goes down to three, which means who gets the tap on the shoulder. Well, if you look at uh, the numbers, it has to be Marnus. Marnus was the last player in. He's hit in because of Travis Head. So Steve Smith goes to four, which I don't mind. He can control the tempo of the game. The the, the great thing about Steve Smith's batting, he can play in different scenarios. You, you don't have to say, this is the way you're going to play it for. He can play what's in front of you. So at number four, he, he'll be a, a great asset to us. Whether you, you can sometimes bring Inglis up and, and Smith go back, but Marsh goes to three, which just gives us power hitting our first three. Mm. And, and Travis Head was has been our best batsman since he's come in the team for for Finchie. He's averaging 60. He's scoring around a, a, I don't know, 130 strike rate. So yeah, we, we need him back in the team to, to strengthen that, that top order. But it, what it does do, it looks a, a better balanced middle order with Steve Smith, I think at four. A perfect time for a rest for Australia, especially Adam Zampa with back spasms, the, the, the powers of recovery. I mean, five days off will, will do that wonders if he's, he's obviously got a little tweak at the bottom of his back there. So, uh, yeah, hopefully he's okay because he is a player that cannot go wrong for Australia. Well, we've seen the last two games. He's been the difference. He's got two forfers. He's got his length right again. He's found his length. He's owning the stumps. Uh, we're seeing a lot of LB'd and bold. And we need him bowling like that. We need him bowling attacking. I, I wouldn't rest him for this game against the Netherlands. There's no way in the world I'm resting him now. We're in the tournament. You're the only spinner. And I'm not taking any chances. Mm. It's a it's a World Cup event. And we're starting to get momentum into our team. We're going to see a couple of little changes to to benefit the team with head coming back in. So if I'm Adam Zamper, I'm saying, mate, you're you're in for the long run. You're our only spinner, uh, and I wouldn't give him a rest. Can the three quicks play every game? Yeah, I, I think they can. The load's not too much. No, nah. and you don't. The reason you load manage is for these events. There's enough time between games to, to get them through. They won't bowl a lot in the nets. They had a big workload. I mean, England, they've topped up. And and now we'll start to see the best of these three fast bowlers. So you're not resting any of them. So it's a five- or six-week tournament, and say we make the final, that's 120 overs for each of those three. That's fine. Well, this is why you have load management. This yeah. is exactly why you use it. So I'm not resting anyone now, especially the way we started the tournament, found a bit of momentum, still things to work on. I'm picking our best team over and over again now. Speaking of rest... Can you think back to the World Cups you had and you've, you've looked in the schedule when you've, you've worked out what it's going to be and, you know, you want to hit the ground running and then build into the tournament and obviously play your best cricket towards the end. But you look in the middle there and you go, oh, look at that. 
say the West Indies, or your whole thing was a Kentucky tour, but <laughs> you, got, you got five days, no cricket, six days sometimes, no cricket. Can you think of a, a great story where everyone enjoyed themselves in a mid-tournament rest like the Australians have had just now? Well, yes, I can actually. I, I remember <laughs> – oh, this is going to get me into trouble. I, I, remember, I like the stories <laughs> – that you laugh at before you've said them because I know something pretty good's coming. I remember in the Caribbean, we, we had a we had a long time but between games. That was we, the longest World Cup in ever. history, wasn't it? And, and I remember we started the tournament at St. Kitts. We, we met some people there. We played a couple of rounds. We're going really well. Then we had a seven-day break. So a heap of us went back to St. Kitts. Mm. Um, we, we had an unbelievable time. Uh, I remember Brad Hodge and Haydos were up in the cigar bar and, you know, they enjoying <laughs> themselves, the old boys. And, and Huss and I were down in the Irish bar. Guinness. So, yeah, and, and I remember Huss picking me up from the front of the Irish bar yeah. in a golf buggy. Oh, dear. With a lot of security chasing us at the time. <laughs> And it was like the Benny Hill show, da, 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 where they're trying to grab the back of the golf cart. I'm going, Huss, go, go, go. And he just just got away from him, picked me up and drove us to an, uh, another nightclub. So the holier-than-thou Mr. Cricket who – He's got it in him. He's got a bit of bogan in him, does yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. Maurice Hussey. So no, we <laughs> – <laughs> <laughs> uh, You have to have your times in the World Cups. Uh, yeah. I, I remember in 2011 we we had the same. We, we arrived in Bangalore. They got a, a nice open uh, rooftop bar. And so we, we went down and Tim Payne signed the bill to, to Ricky Ponting. Ooh. So you know we say rock solid together as a team and Ooh. who did it? No one stayed. Tim Payne, the young kid. <laughs> He did it straight away. Yep. So there's times. Was guys there any away. forgiveness from Ricky to a fellow Tasmanian on that occasion? Or oh, no? I, I think that's the only reason he got away from it. Wow. Just back to your golf buggy story. What happened when you got to the net? Because it's pretty obvious who did it and where you were and where the golf buggy was. Did they come into the nightclub to come and find you? I sort of. You go to beach um, side pub, so you still just drove up the steps and parked <laughs> it right near the where you get your beer. <laughs> okay. So you you got back to the hotel safe. The end of the night. Yep. Okay. Not via the cop shop. No, no. We we never did anything wrong. Okay. Apart from that, that wasn't wrong. That was our golf cart you used to go from room to room and just detour. <laughs> Back to the cricket, shall Good we? Good idea. Back to the cricket Good idea. on momentum, building in. Like it looks like India, and we'll we'll get yep. to their their game on Sunday night against uh, against New Zealand in a moment. They look to be trying to go through through the whole thing undefeated, and they've got a good chance to as well. But Australia are going to have to do it another way. Now they're just going to have to build after the sluggish start. How important is that, that you're building towards the back end of the tournament, not letting go of your best stuff early on? Well, the big thing you have in your planning meetings for a World Cup is making sure you peak at the right time. And Australia have been the best in the world, actually, of of tournament play. And the reason behind that is we're peaking at the right time of the tournament. And and that's exactly what it looks like Australia doing at the moment. That They've got a settled top order. Um, their middle order, we need runs. I'll know that. They'll, they'll be working hard on that. The new ball, we, we need wickets there. But that, that'll all come. And you want to be playing your best game in the semifinal and the final. So there's things we need to work on. But momentum at the moment looks good. There's some good signs attitude-wise in the field. Um, we're creating a lot of energy and presence in the field and that's a really good sign that the the Aussies switched on so and and I like that the two openers when they got in Mm. they bullied the game and got hundreds so there's some real good signs a bit of work to be done but momentum now is going in the right direction you're gonna have to get India though on a on a slightly off day and they have not everything went their way against New Zealand 
and like they dropped some catches that they should have taken but so impressed New Zealand were on for 300 plus especially the last five six overs how they just put the handbrake up and New Zealand just skidded towards whatever they got 270 odd yep. or, or something like that and that in the end on face value obviously India could have gone at a different pace but that that was the difference but far out every facet at the moment India there's not a lot wrong yeah, not at the moment. Uh, they're, they're playing conditions really well. And you expect that in, in a home World Cup. The, the the interesting thing is the pressure. You think, oh, can they handle the pressure of a home World Cup? But what you've got to remember now, yes, they've got a lot of experienced players, but the younger Indian players now have this pressure week in and week out in, in the IPL. Mm. That they're, they're in front of big crowds. They're in franchise cricket that demands a, a lot of success. So they're dealing with pressure all the time now so it's not as as big a thing as has been in the past on, on playing a home world cup for the younger Indian players but you, you just have to look at their depth hmm. Ashwin didn't play this game they brought Shemi in first game of the tournament he gets five for so at the moment they're, they're the form team of the competition what their problem is can they hold that now for another five games into the semi which is a do or die game to go into the final that's the thing they've got to make sure now do, do they tinker with their team Mm. Do they start to... And they have been tinkering. They have been, but they're tinkered because of conditions and injuries. Mm. They're still playing their best team possible to, to win that game. So do they talk about resting players getting close to semifinals or do you run with the momentum? So they've got different decisions now to, to make in their camp because everything's going so well. Uh, South Africa, well, England had Ben Stokes return for this one and it meant, well... Jack shit, really, because yep. he didn't bowl. And he's probably glad he didn't bowl because South Africa smoked 399. I mean, that's what South Africa have over every other team is their middle order destruction that they have. And if <laughs> if they get going, and it doesn't matter who they're playing, they could be playing Australia Circus Steve War era with their bowling lineup and they, they could take them to town. But again, South Africa showed their, their power. It's interesting. You look at the loss to the Netherlands. They won the toss, yeah. sent them in. Yeah. But before that, they were the form team in the world. They were dominating teams by batting first, mm-hmm. um, bullying the opposition with their power, and they've got as much power as any team in the competition in that middle order, and they're playing to their strengths. They're getting a lot of hundreds. But the one thing they have, as soon as they got into a game that they should have won and expected to win, they changed their plan. Mm. It'll be interesting whether they went back and reviewed that game and said, listen, We've been dominating games. We're batting first. Our bowlers have been outstanding, defending totals, and they're feeling well. They're, they're athletic in the field. So they're, they're a real threat. They're, their only problem at the moment is themselves. Mm. They can go all the way and win this competition if they believe that. But you you being involved in Australian cricket in a very long time, that's almost ingrained in your thought about South African cricket in big moments because it's happened so often. Well, the interesting thing for South Africa, they're, they're one or two games now probably from making the semi-final. So so they'll know about that they're in the semis two games out or, yeah. or maybe. It's then the mind game start. Okay, we've got a one-off game. Is it against Australia? Is it against India? That's their big test there. They'll mm. go through these group stages now. Looks like they're under control. They're, they're back on track. But it's the mental side of the game now when they do they change things in a one-off game. Are they strong enough to trust what they've been doing when it's not Everything on the line. So, mate, their power mm. in that those middle overs, scary. mate, it is scary. They're, they're bowling. They're, they've got left arm quicks. They've got good spinners. They've got Rabada um, with a bit of experience. So they've got all the makings of a team that can go all the way. It's just whether 
in the head, they can handle the pressure of the big moment. Now, we're recording this podcast just before Afghanistan play Pakistan. So by the time you listen to this, England could well be last if Afghanistan get a result against Pakistan or the whole thing's called off, But which is extraordinary. Second last on the table as we sit here and record. Reese Topley's just uh, broken his finger. He's ruled out of the tournament. Lost three matches. Probably have to go perfect now, not drop another one to win the whole thing. Where can you pinpoint where it's gone horribly wrong for this? Too many month? changes. Yeah, I, I think Ben Stokes has actually thrown a, a spanner in their preparation. They, they've been preparing for this tournament for four years. They've got a style of play. Then all of a sudden you throw Ben Stokes in big personality. It moves a lot of things around. Yeah, yes, we know he's a world-class player, but he, he's got a lot of injury concerns. That he, he didn't play at the start of the tournament. He's injured. Is he going to bowl? Is he going to is he not going to bowl? Mm. Where's his best spot to, to bat? I, I think England have been had a disrupted preparation. You, you only have to look at last game. All of a sudden, Wokes is out of the team. Mm. Um, Sam Curran's out of the team. With all these people coming in and changes after they're planning for it, it, it looks like they're second-guessing their style. Even they won the toss and bowl first. Mm. Why would you do that? On a 35-degree, 120% humidity day. And and their, their decisions... To me, it's that they're second-guessing everything they did. Josh Butler said after it, he goes, oh, yeah, probably got that one wrong. <laughs> yeah, but how, how, that, that's my point. How, how do you get that wrong? <laughs> yeah. Like England, are they trying to overcomplicate things? Have they rested too many players? Have they been too funky with, with all their selections? Oh, yes, we're going to bring Ben Stokes in. We're going to uh, tell Jason Roy he's out of the squad now so we can bring Harry Brook in because he got 52 games ago after we picked the squad. Mm. It just looks to me that they're overcomplicated a simple style, and under Owen Morgan, they're really clear in their roles. And if they got things wrong, yeah, yeah, no, no, we'll back this group of players to get out. Mm. But this group of players, oh, I think there's too much chopping and changing. Is there a worse feeling for a keeper when a captain wins the toss and, say, in your experience, you're playing Hawkesbury and it's 42 degrees in January and the, the captain turns around and goes, yeah, we're going to have a bowl, fellas. I love it. You love it. 100%. 42 degrees. Get it out of the way. You're batting at seven. <laughs> you got 50 overs of tough work. Then as a keeper, you're batting at seven. I know my fielding's done. Okay. But what if it's a two-day game or a three-day game and you could be out there all day and next week it's going to be 22 degrees? That's a different scenario. But we, I, I didn't mind in real hot days to get it out of the way. But th this yeah. was a tactical. I, I, I don't like to hear when captains go, oh, well, I got that wrong. So he got that wrong. Oh, by the way, India was hot. <laughs> like, I, I don't get... Well, it was warm at the toss when they did the toss. But it's in Mumbai. Yeah. You, you know it's the, the humidity's high. You know it's going to be hard work. I don't like captains using the excuse, oh, I got that wrong. <laughs> yeah, this, this is a World Cup event you're planning for. Don't you get can't get that wrong. Yeah. Anyway, top four prediction hats. So you've got India, New Zealand and Australia. <laughs> <laughs> unless something's really – unless the heat's got to you and you're not going to have Australia in your top four. Uh, who, who's the fourth at this stage? Yeah, we've got, obviously got Australia, India, South Africa and New Zealand. I've got New Zealand in. <laughs> Jeez, that came out of your mouth really softly. But <laughs> – They're on eight points. Of course they're well, going to be in. They are on eight points, but you've heard it here first. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be easy sailing from here on in for India. India or New Zealand? Oh, New Zealand, sorry. Yeah, New Zealand. Wait and see. <laughs> Wait and see. You hate New Zealand. It's a lovely place. What happened to you over there? Have you been to Eden Park? 
No, I haven't actually. Well, to a game. Well, my mum and dad haven't either, <laughs> but they know everything about them. <laughs> Fair enough. Let's get into our World, Keep, uh, World Cup team of the tournament. We've got Q and A coming up shortly with Hads. Looking forward to that. But give us a best eleven so far, Hads. You're not, not going to be happy with me based on what we were just talking about, but go. Mate, I'm going to go to Cock at the top. He's scored a couple of centuries. He can keep, he can keep wickets as well. Yep. Rohit Sharma. I agree with you there, so we're the same there for our openers. Rohit Sharma, he can open. Mate, he's got a strike rate at the moment of, mm. what, 130. Yep. Um, Coley picks himself. Mendes, I'm going to have from yep. Sri Lanka. Lanka. Yep. Um, mate, he's got a strike rate at the moment of 146, so he can go in at uh, number four. Rizwar at five. Clarsen mm-hmm. at six. I, I think at the moment he, he's been the most destructive player in the tournament, and don't be surprised – if South Africa do go all the way and they get over that hoodoo, he's man of the series. Jensen at number seven. He's been great with the new ball. He's also found a, a bit with the batty. He's come out and, and got totals that look like getting to, to 330, which are competitive totals, um, which you could go, oh, it's a 50-50 result, and, and he's getting 40 off 20 balls. What was and, he, 72 off 30-odd yeah. the other night? And he's pushing the, the score up to 400 where he's playing oppositions out. I won't tell you number eight yet because I'm I'm still debating that. Wow. Uh, fight with yourself. Number nine is Rashid Khan. Uh, yep. He's only got six wickets in the tournament, but I've watched the way teams are playing him. They're sitting on him. He's having to work hard for his wickets. He's still got six wickets. He's still doing a role. Okay, so if, if you're listening to this and he's gone none for 100 against Pakistan, forgive Hads because it was before the game against won't Pakistan. Happen. It, it won't happen. Okay. Pakistan don't play leg spin that well, so yep. he'll probably have – 10 wickets by the end of that. Good. Number 10's out of Afridi and Stark. Afridi's got nine wickets at this stage, Stark six. Yeah. I'm picking Mitchell Stark because I think by the end of – you're biased. (laughs) (laughs) I see Sam shaking his head. Mitchell Stark, by the end of the the game against the Netherlands, will be the leading wicket taker in the tournament. Okay. So you heard that here first and maybe a hat-trick. Boomer at number 11 picks himself – but number eight, this was a tough, tough selection. And I look right through the stats, and I'm not always stat-based. I, I like how people contribute to teams. We I've haven't got, had a Kiwi so far, have we? Yeah, we've got Dadeja, left-arm ortho. I needed a left-arm orthodox spinner. Or? I've gone Santner. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> He's been outstanding. He uh, has been good. I haven't yeah. got him in my 11, though. Oh, I can take him out. <laughs> <laughs> I've got two other Kiwis. But, yeah, no, I've got uh, Santner at uh, number eight. Leading wicket taker. Um, he's got 12 wickets. He's bowled outstanding. Okay. Um, we differ a fair bit. Actually, well, that's a good thing because I've got the cricket mind and yours could be anything. You can, you can hammer me <laughs> if you want. I have put thought into it, though, Has. I haven't just done it two minutes before we come on here. So I've got the same openers, Decock and also Rohit. Mm-hmm. Rohit actually looks like he's dropped the carbs. He looks like in really good shape and sharper minded. And they're cutting to him a lot because he's the captain, obviously. And he's tactically, he's very good. He's leading in yeah. India really, really well. I got uh, Ratchan in there, Ravindra. Mm, next. He's been one of the finds of the tournament. You've got has, to admit that. He has. Got yeah. to admit. And I want to see yeah. this guy play test cricket because I reckon over an extended period of time, I hope he doesn't fall into the. Oh, I'm not going to play much test cricket for New Zealand because I can go off and contract everywhere. Obviously, he's going to get offers from the IPL, but I want to see this guy have a 10-year career yeah. at test cricket. What, what I like about him in, in the first couple of games, he's got 130 in the first game mm. against England. That's a pressure moment, um, the first game. And he got 70 against India. So the two biggest moments of the tournament, 
he stood up. So for a young kid to do that under pressure. That's why I put him in there, Hads, and he obviously he's meant to be the cricket mind here. Rizwan as well, Coley, flip him around, whatever, rare order. What about Virat, how he's just controlling tempo and <laughs> danger signs? Well, you said about Rohit Sharma, how, how he's looking good, he's controlling the tempo. This is Rohit Sharma and Coley's maybe last opportunity to, yeah. to win a World Cup, and and they're playing that way. Mm. Oh, you just have to watch Cole in the field. You, you, you've seen the young kid come out to bat, the, the Kiwi, um, the other one. And he went after him straight away. He, he walked beeline for him. Yeah. Uh, he stood in front of him a little bit, tried to intimidate him. I, I'm surprised he didn't ask him for his autograph. Saying, Matt, I'm in the time of my life. You've never <laughs> spoken to me before. This is the closest I could get to you. So, yeah, they're up for it, the big Indians. So, Rizwan, Coley in the middle order, Clarkson as well. Yeah. I agree with you. Here's where I've twisted a bit. I, I get your point about, about Janssen, and, but I've gone Jardasia. Because yeah. you want a job he, in India, yeah, <laughs> that too. <laughs> but the the way he's going to have such a huge bearing on, especially if Cool Deep doesn't quite get it right. But he's had a huge bearing. It's team of the tournament so far. Not looking to the future. Boomer, outstanding. Want that job in India? <laughs> uh, Afridi, just ahead of your man Stark. I've gone Trent Bolt. Now there's a reason. Hads, there is a reason. He's the only opening bowler. He hasn't taken a stack of wickets, but he's the only opening bowler who. Okay, against India, he went for six and over, but Rohit was was going. I think his economy rate was like four runs and over. Like that's hard to do at the top of an order in a 50 over. Thing. So I've got Trent Bolt there. Don't look at me like that because I'm going to cheer you up now, all right? Well, it's going and, to take a, it's going to have to be a big selection. Well, it's an Australian. I've oh, I mean, finally yeah, got an Australian yeah, in perfect. there. Perfect. I'll put Zampa in there. I put Zamps in there because I, on the basis of imagine how good he'd be if he didn't he didn't he stayed out of the gym and stayed out of swimming pool so far. <laughs> We're not to the bottom of that yet. Of either story. Mm. Oh, oh, the I, gym's I, a pretty easy one. He's tweaked his back doing a deadlift or something. But no, nah, no, nah, no. Nah. Swimming into a wall with your Zamps does not have one muscle. <laughs> so he's he's obviously tripped walking away from the gym. But so I, that's I don't my eleven. Do you, do you mind that eleven? How many Indians do you have in there? Uh, one, two, three, four. Well, they're undefeated. I'm no, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not doubting you. you One know. Australian, just to stay on yeah. your good side. And, and I know job interviews are done different ways, and, yeah. and you're doing yours right now for the IPL. Yeah, and I'm going on a golf trip to New Zealand soon, <laughs> so I've got two Kiwis in there. <laughs> so there you go. There was our teams of the tournament so far at the halfway point. That's why we've done it right now, Hads. Yep. And I thought that was an outstanding job interview for India <laughs> and New Zealand. <laughs> We're back in a moment <laughs> with Ask Hads. Hads, we missed your birthday yesterday, so we'll celebrate it now. Happy birthday, Hads. Thank you. But you know what? In the Haddon household, my birthday gets missed all the time because my daughter's on the 21st, my wife's on the 22nd, and I'm on the 23rd. Really? Yeah. So my daughter's become a teenager. It's like she had a three-day celebration and there's no um, yeah, celebration of the 46th. So she was still getting presents on the 23rd. Wow. 23rd of October is a wonderful day as well, especially in 2004 because I got married. Congratulations. So your birthday is my wedding anniversary. We should celebrate together. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> We're not that kind of guys. We're not that close. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> We're not that close. <laughs> Hads, we've got some questions Good. off our wonderful listeners through mm. social media and Marcus Graham has kicked it off. Beside the final win, what is your favourite World Cup win? Oh, it's probably the first one, the 2015 World Cup against England, okay. uh, be, be for for a number of reasons. One, there's a lot of pressure uh, around a home World Cup. That the, the, is a different pressure where you've got to win your first game, 
uh, having a packed stadium at the the MCG. Aaron Finch went off in front of his home crowd. We we beat England, but it was a national anthem. Mm. You just realised then how important a home World Cup meant, not just to you, but all the Australian public, how loud that national anthem was. That was only topped by the final a, a month or so later. But Were you a singer of the national anthem? 100%. Yeah, yeah 100%. Not not very good. A couple uh, of the rugby league boys have elected not to sing it. And yeah, I, I, can, I don't sing the national anthem when I'm in the crowd for an event because I lo- actually like listening to it. Do you take your hat off? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll stand up. Yeah, I'll stand I'll up. take the hat off and everything like that. But... I just want to sing because I like listening to it, but you tried to hum along. Well, it's interesting. Like, out of everything you've done in your career, and I know, I know there's a lot of debating about do you sing it or you don't, mm. that's the only thing I miss. Mm. That's the only moment I miss because your playing days are done. You don't want to train anymore. Not the beers in the sheds after a win. I can still that, do that at a long lunch. Yeah, true. Yeah. is the, the feeling you get of pride yeah. when the national anthem comes on. That's the only bit that starts – when it happens, no matter what sport, I, I, the hairs on the back of your neck stand up. And that's the one thing that I miss from the game is having that experience and to be able to sing that national anthem. I mean, stand in front of the crowd mm. with your mates. You know, the, you're only 11 um, guys standing there uh, about to represent your country. Only thing I missed about playing. Good stuff. Jordan Mole, who was the biggest celebrator after you guys won the 2015 World Cup? You've touched on this before and he's got a high-powered job in Australian cricket. And George days. Bailey. George Bailey. <laughs> Mate, George Bailey was, was outstanding. He destroyed the trophy. Yes. Uh, we don't know what happened there. Something, Rooftop somewhere. Yeah, somewhere jumped off. I don't even know how that happened, but he fixed it before the, the ceremony early the next morning. Now, this was the World Cup where Warney did all the interviews for TV and every every person he interviewed, he asked, how big is your night going to be or how many beers are you going to have? And he copped a bit of grief for it, yeah. but it was obviously on everyone's mind. Everyone's mind. Well, we... <laughs> We sang the song at about three o'clock in the morning in the middle of the MCG. For the first time? Well, for after the win. So yeah. um, I was the, the song master then, so I decide when it's um, when we sing it. And it was about three o'clock in the morning um, in the middle of the MCG. But who was the b- biggest celebrators? Fast bowlers were good. I, yeah. I, I would actually say another high-powered job, Paddy Cummins yep. and Mitch Marsh. Paddy didn't play much in that 15. No. So they basically detoxed after that the final because they had celebrated all the way through because they weren't <laughs> playing. So they, they found it hard to back up final night. I, I was okay. I, I remember doing an interview with Triple M and I, I think it was a job interview at the time because yeah. they got me afterwards, but I can't really remember what I said. Or, or what language you were speaking. No, but yeah, I, I think everyone had a pretty red hot go, but George Bailey was the best. Rob McLaren, where do you see the 50 over game going in the future? Yeah, there's been a lot of debate about this and there's a number of ways it could go, but I think we're still going to see World Cup events. You just have to look at the excitement this one's um, generated. I've been a little bit disappointed in the crowds, though, for non-Indian matches, but... It's because they put the freaking schedule out in July. Yeah. And no, like Barmy Army, for instance, great travellers and supporters of world cricket, they're not doing a package until the semi-final. Could be slightly superfluous, that particular <laughs> idea for the Palmy Army, the way Mate, England are going. That'll but be it, a cheap package. It's ridiculous. Like, yeah. like, how do they expect people to come from the other side of the world and go? It's uh, total well, stuff up. I, I think we're going to still see World Cup events. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think we're going to see as many uh, bilateral series um, around the world. I think you like that idea of 12 months before, maybe start playing a few then to yep. warm up for the World Cup? Well, if, if you're honest, from a preparation point of view, uh, and, and from a performance point of view, that, that's what a teams normally do. You start to – you give a few guys a go 
12 months after, then you start to build more into your team to 18 months out and then you get your, your team right. So everyone's got about 30, 35 games they haven't played by the time the World Cup starts. So I can still see World Cup events, but I don't see there being much bilateral games. Okay. Uh, Josh Chamberlain, if you could add one former Aussie player to the current World Cup squad, who would it be and why? Well, I, I was tossing up with this. Do we need leadership? Yeah. Do we need Ricky Ponting in there at number three? Do we, do we need a, a, a captain who controls a team, understands conditions? Do we need a middle-order player? Hmm. Does someone like Andrew Simons come in, gives a bit of off-spin, athletic in the field? Do we need an Adam Gilchrist? We've changed our keeper. Mm. Um, so we, do we pick Adam Gilchrist? But who I've gone for, and, and I know it seems like the obvious choice is SK Warn, mm. but we need another spinner. <laughs> yeah, we need another spinner. <laughs> and I was going to go Warney. Yeah. I'm going to go Brad Hogg. <laughs> We've got a leg spinner. I want someone to go the other way. Wherever Warney is in the world right now, in the universe or in the afterlife, he's looking down at you and just giving you a gobful behead. Everyone wants Warney and he knows he's (laughs) in the best team. But I'm going for balance at the moment. We've got a leg spinner. I'm going to go for Brad Hogg to give us something different, spin the ball the other way, athletic in the field, bit of a fighter down at uh, number eight and nine with the bat. Um, so the reason I, I've picked him is because I want something different. We've already got a leg spinner. If I can take my leg spinner out, mm. I'll, I'll put Shane in, but I'm going to go Brad Hogg. <laughs> Warney and Simo are up there and the MCG in heaven going, that fucking guy's lost his marbles. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, Oscar Sullivan, if for one delivery you had the abilities of Brett Lee in his prime, which person would you like to bowl at? Brett Lee. <laughs> to get him back. Just to say, Brett, can get in the nets at the whacker and just let a couple go and say, Brett, this is what we feel like every time. And maybe then he might go, you know what, I'll practice my outswing, I'll pitch it up because we were petrified. Absolutely. What was the worst? Okay, the whacker was the quickest wicket yeah. historically in Australian cricket. There might be a quicker one around the world. What was the worst nets to bat in around the world where you wouldn't like to face Brett Lee? Well, everyone used to say the whacker because the bounce. I, I didn't mind that mm. because you knew if it was short, you hit the deck and the ball would go over. Where I didn't like to face guys like Brett or Mitch was in the MCG nets mm. where it's short and you go down to duck and the ball stays at that level <laughs> and that hits you in the ribs. I, I didn't like the inconsistent bounce. So that that to me was the hardest time to face a Brett uh, Sean Tate. Well, Sean Tate sometimes, if he's bowling in the first net, the hardest place to face him is you're batting in the third because it could the ball could go in there. <laughs> so you've got to time your run where you're watching your net and hoping Tatey doesn't hit you from two nets. Uh, sorry, Tatey, but he's done that before. We've but, got to get Sean Tate on this podcast. That's my one. you got Ryan Harris as your number one guest for all yeah. the stories and it will happen soon. Sean Tate, if you're listening, can you please come on this podcast? I'll Sam get Tatey. Is, you will? Okay. I've got better stories about Sean Tate than Ryan Harris. Oh, it could be a three-hour episode. Yeah. But the Brett, Brett Lee, oh, I'd bowl it to. Okay. Alex Jerry, how did it feel when you turned your back on that six against India when Coley was standing near you <laughs> when you walked out? So paint the picture here, yeah. as for oh, those I've who don't remember. I've actually got to go back a, a couple of test matches. I, I dislocated my shoulder in the UAE, mm-hmm. and I came back early to play, and I had to strap my shoulder up and sort of hold it in into position. But what it did do, I couldn't get my arm up quick enough to hook it 
or, mm. or pull it. And that was one of my strengths. I could pick up length and I could, and the Indian quicks hit me a couple of times because I couldn't get my arm up. And, and I said to the physio, I said, I'm, I'm going out without the strapping on. I've, I've had enough. I can't get my arm. He goes, your shoulder might fall out. I said, my head might fall off. <laughs> I, I said, yeah. so I took the strapping off and Cole is walking to me. He's trying to say something. He's standing right in my face. And I, and I noticed he had new shoes on. So if you look closely at the footage, I'm kicking dirt <laughs> onto his shoes. He's sort of looking at me. He's in a bit of shock. He's trying to say something. I was trying not to laugh. And was this when Coley was just starting or he'd already established nah, himself? He scored 300s already in the series. So he's a big deal at this yeah, stage. He so he's got dominated. a big ego. And, yeah. He's going, oh, we're going to knock your head off. I'm thinking, no, you can this test match. <laughs> we're five for 400 and something. The game's on. So I'm sort of kicking dirt at his feet. And I seen Shemi at the top of his mark and he looked a bit tired. And I'm thinking, he's not going to bump me. I said, I'm... You don't have to say anything to Sledge. So I went heads or tails thinking the ball was going to be pitched up. And it was in the spot, hit it, and I knew I got it straight out of the middle of the bat. So I just turned my back on it. The reason I turned it is I was laughing. <laughs> and it was one of my last test matches. So what I don't you can't quite see it on the footage. So I had my family in a box and all my best mates. Mm. And, and this was late in the day. So they're 20 cans in. <laughs> And they've they've hit the roof. Their box has gone off, and I could see that. And so I turned, and, and I was laughing. So I didn't have to say anything to Sledge. Sometimes it's just with your actions, but that's how that came about. So you didn't turn your back on Coley. No, you, I was laughing. You were laughing. Yeah. Okay. What did he say after that? He didn't say a word. Oh, I bet he didn't. Did you say anything when you're walking no, off? I, was at the end of I couldn't stop laughing. Okay, fair enough. And what ended up happening? Can you remember? I think I got match? forty not out. Um, Joe Burns actually came in uh, in the middle and whacked a few at the end. He got 50. We won the test match. Mate. We, we put a huge first in his total. On. Yeah. And did Verrett ever complain about you scuffing up his new shoes? No. What can he say? It was a beautiful shot straight down the ground. <laughs> I think he's okay now as well. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think you have to worry about where no. his next uh, pair of shoes are coming from. The great man, Dale Thomas, the, oh, the Daisy Thomas, former AFL player, member of the listener family, I do believe as well. Uh, Hads, I don't know what this question actually means, if it's a cricket question or whatever, but do you really have to stay low and rise with it? Well, Dale Thomas, you need to get your head out of the gutter. <laughs> if it's a wicket-keeping question, I can understand, but you've worded that very, very cleverly. So, uh, well, when you are keeping to slower bowls, yes, you do come up. When the ball bounces, you come up with the delivery. But Dale Thomas, I don't think that's what you're talking about. Yes. And Paul Boyatzis Thoughts on Watto's shirts? <laughs> <laughs> Mate, he was asking a lot. And, and that can happen. You, you've worked in television where the wardrobe does get it wrong. But yeah, he, he's a fit unit, Watto. He's a, he's a big man. He's built more like a, a rugby union player. But the one thing, this needed um, HR because I was worried about his commentated partners. <laughs> if he, they were going to get a button in the he, eye. He was asking yeah. a lot of those buttons. But I've seen Watto – Took it all in good humor, got on Instagram. He said, look, I've got a shirt that fits now, but he was good. asking a lot of those buttons. He's been in the gym. I mean, there's there's three things that have been He's under immense few, Three things that have been under immense pressure in Australia in the last week. It's Eddie Jones, <laughs> Anthony Albanese after the referendum, oh, yeah. and Watto's shirt. <laughs> Thankfully, one of them has uh, made a decision <laughs> on the future about where it's heading, and Watto has uh, gone a bit looser. He's gone the 42 and not the 40. Into risers and fallers now, and this is immense. This is a straight-up yeah. riser. This is a golden riser, this one. Grace Harris, so Perth Scorchers, North Sydney Oval. If the 136 of 59 wasn't enough, Hads, I've never seen this before, and you have seen a lot more cricket yeah. than I, so you can go to it. It's 
one of her 11 sixes was with literally a broken bat and the handle stayed in her hands and the rest of the bat went the full 22 yards down the other end. Amazing. Have you ever seen anything like that, Grace Harris? We applaud you. No, I've seen Ryan Harris um, in a test match bowl to an English batsman, the bat just split in half. But Grace Harris is a bit of a personality. And I listened to the commentary just before. She knew a bat was broken and everyone would worry about it. Go give me one of your six other bats. She goes, don't worry, I'll hit it for six anyway. Hmm. I'll tell you what it does show is a good quality bat. Like Hmm. it it breaks, she still gets full contact and it goes for six. So I've never, ever seen it. But I'll tell you what, what about a batting? Yeah, not bad. 136 (laughs) off 59 balls. Yeah, powered heat to 229, second highest comp- uh, score in the competition. There's one more riser, hmm. young Phoebe. Phoebe Litchfield. Yes, yes. Phoebe Litchfield. Who she you got, are a massive rap on. Well, he's a big call. I, I think she's going to go down as one of our top five female cricketers of all time. She's well, no pressure, Phoebe. She's not even 20 yet. 100%. Have yeah. you seen – She is 20. Yeah, just turned just 20. 20. Uh, the way she's influencing games. She, she yeah. needed – Oh, eight off the last couple of balls to, to get a 50 on the weekend. Just goes bang, bang, last two balls, six. Hmm. Walked off like you do it every day. <laughs> There's an IPL auction coming up. And, oh, and yeah. I don't think she was in the last auction. Hmm. And don't be surprised if she becomes at 20 years of age our highest paid player in the IPL. Ash Gardner last year, yep. 600, was it? Yeah, like I, I think there'll be teams going after this young lady like like they did it with Ash. I think she's that good. Well, I don't think they're scouting the Melbourne Stars too heavily. Mind <laughs> you, the Stars did have a good first up win over the Sixers yep. in a tight, tight finish at North Sydney Oval, but I don't know what the hell happened here. Yeah, Meg Ladding got out and then everyone just forgot how to bat. They lost seven for seven at one stage, all out 29. That's worse than your your mob in um, South Africa with the Australian Test team. That's well, bring up memories of that. I, I can tell you what we used to call this, the curse of Coogee Bay. <laughs> what used to happen back in the day, you used to have your shield game, yeah. you have a day off, yeah. then you'd play your one day. Yeah. Every away team, if they won the shield game, yeah. we knew we got them on, we'd beat them on the Sunday. Because <laughs> of Coogee Bay. The Coogee Bay. And it looks like the, the Melbourne CBH. Stars, they, they had a big win over the Sixers and all of a sudden, the Coogee Bay got them. Yeah, it just, just went down narrowly by 148 <laughs> runs. But uh, anyway, the, the Stars will be back. They've got too much class in there. Uh, their outfits. Hads, that's us, unless you've got any more fallers, apart from me putting two Kiwis in my team of the tournament so far. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that off air. But no, nah, business end now, the tournament. I'm excited by Australia. Um, India playing well. New Zealand, I think, might be just on the down and, and have South Africa confirmed a spot in the semi. So hold on to your seats. It's going to get interesting. Now, we'll be back with you on Thursday morning, recapping Australia's World Cup match against the Netherlands. Tomorrow, you'll hear from Brisbane Heat star all-rounder Jess Jonathan. Jess sits down with producer Sam for a fascinating chat. Be sure to tune in to that with the WBBL in full swing. Plenty of cricket everywhere. We'll catch you later in the week. <laughs>